What is happening, everybody, man? It is the next day, and it is not the next day we thought we would have. Even if you picked Alabama, me, to win the football game, um, you just saw hope. Like, you saw Tennessee do what Tennessee typically does in big games. You saw us come out. Joe Milton has literally the, the best game, I think, he's had in a Tennessee uniform other than the Orange Bowl. Um, 28 for 41, 275, two scores. You can't really be mad at him. And I'm going to say this at the top of the show. If anybody is blaming Joe Milton for this loft, we got some issues. That is the craziest thing I could possibly say because he, he, he strictly had his best game as of all, like legitimately had his best game as of all. And hopefully he can build on this. Um, what does Tennessee have to play for? Um, I'm still hearing a lot of Nico talk. We'll talk about Nico. We'll talk about the potential. We'll talk about what could possibly happen. I got the boy Dylan Elamon, man, who is a member of the channel. He's going to come on with me. The boy Turn is having a little family day. And we're going to bring Stephen Colley on, man. We're going to bring him on and let, let him talk about the football game from Alabama's perspective. I, I just can't wait for y'all to listen to this. Um, as bad as it may have been, Tennessee still has no excuse for being shut out in the second half. And allowing 20, 20, uh, I mean, you had 21 unanswered touchdowns on the offensive side of the football, and then you give up one um, just strip sack to the crib. And so you 27 unanswered, it's just really hard to say that anything else was an issue. Was it? We'll talk all about it, man. Welcome to the next day. But can I tell y'all, we get to beat up on some kitty cats this week. And that's the biggest thing that I can't wait to talk about a little later. Welcome to Straight Up Tennessee today on this Sunday, man. It is the next day. From 40, on the way, a knuckleball. What's happening, what's happening, what's happening, everybody, man? Welcome to Straight Up Tennessee today on this Sunday, man. It's the next day, Alabama edition. Oh, man, I don't want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. Go ahead and like, comment, subscribe if you're watching here on YouTube. Shout out to everybody watching on Facebook tonight, man. Y'all know we stream the next day over on Facebook. Shout out to you guys watching. If you're listening on Apple and Spotify, we're glad you're rocking with us, too. It's Monday for you. This is the replay for you. So uh, go ahead and continue to rate us five stars and let people know why they need to be rocking with the boys over here at Straight Up Tennessee. Like I told y'all, man, big show tonight. Um, got the boy Dylan with us, man. We're going to bring him on here in literally just a second. Then we're going to bring Steven back on, and we're going to talk through uh, this football game from both perspectives for, for just a little bit. And then, uh, man, we're going to dive more into this game and then look ahead to the Kentucky Wildcats, man. I, I want to say this to start the show. Kentucky does not deserve another night home game, period. Why are we playing them at 7 p.m.? That blows my mind. Like, 
after after how bad they've been losing, how do they deserve another night? I don't get it. But anyways, that's to be told. The last time we went up to Lexington was also at night, and uh, we stole one from them there. And I'm I'm just I don't know what it is. I feel like this is how Alabama fans feel. Uh, for the last probably 16, 17 years about Tennessee, it's like, ah, I don't really care. Like, we're going to win that game. You know, like, that's how we feel about Kentucky. It's Kentucky, bro. Like, it's Kentucky. That's the best way to – it's Kentucky. Nobody cares about Kentucky. They start off every year 5-0, and and then what happens? Fall off the side of the earth every single year. And they still keep in stoop, so keep him, please. I want him to stay because we do it to him every year. So – um, man, it's gonna be fun though, man. I'm gonna bring on that boy Dylan, man. Dylan, what's up, man? What's going on, bro? Man, just hurts, man. Today it hurts. Yeah, you ain't lying, man. It sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't even really find a positive from that second half, dude. <laughs> I don't think any of us can. And I no. think you, you, you know, you, you, you. Let's take this from the top. For just a second. Okay. Tennessee gets the open kickoff. We punt first drive. Um, Wasn't a bad drive per se. No. I just felt like, okay, everybody's kind of settling in, trying to get their feet wet. It's, it's one of those games. It's like, all right, you got to kind of sit here and figure this thing out a little bit. Joe Milton makes, I mean, great, great, great drive by him. But um, Alabama gets the football back. And actually, I'm sorry, we scored on that drive. Yeah. Um, that was a score white wheel route that they lined. Yeah. How, do, how did the, the, again, out of position, you got a linebacker guarding the fastest man on the field, and he scores a touchdown. And for some reason, I was watching a couple of different things, and people were like, he didn't catch the ball. He wasn't in bounds. Can y'all not see? Like, bro, b- bro, he drug his whole <laughs> leg through the end zone. He had and it the ball sure. didn't touch the ground. So it's like, that's a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Alabama gets a football. They punt three plays, three and out. Then we get the ball back, three plays, punt. And then Alabama gets the ball back, four plays, punt. Tennessee gets the ball back, 15-play drive that you can't score in the red zone. The red zone woes continue for us. And, like, we were the number one team a year ago scoring in the red zone. And now we are almost dead last in the SEC, 13th right now. You can't really explain that. Like, once we get down there, it's just about executing, and we're not. And can I say this right now? Jacob Warren need to be doing calf raises. Dude, (laughs) zero bunnies, bro. Like, the balls are only where Jacob Warren can get them. And you watch him. He ain't getting a toe off the ground, bro. It's like, come on, Jacob. Come on, Jacob. To be fair, to be fair, he did just turn around right when the ball was over his head. So that is a hard catch to make, but. God, I don't Uh, care, bro. You And it don't help that he's 6'6", bro. No, so that means no. that Joe really either put it really, really high or you really can't yeah. jump, bro. Like he was really trying to get it over a linebacker. And he did. He got it there twice. Yeah. I mean, who was the other? Who was the, uh, there was another drive that we ended in there. And oh, it was a route to Dylan Sampson that he yeah. 
too far. Like he was like a yard ahead of him. Fingertips. That was, yep. a touchdown. That was another touchdown for sure. left on the field. So you're telling me that the biggest thing, the separation for me was Tennessee couldn't score in the red zone. If Tennessee put up on that field goal drive of 15 plays, if that was a touchdown, it was 14-0 Alabama. And then Alabama fumbles the next drive. And then we kick another. If we score again, 21 oh, yeah. 0, I'm That's just not sure. That's a wrap. Like, That's I'm rap. pretty sure at that point in the game, I'm just, it's hard for me to think that they would just. I text Steven, and I'm going to bring him on here in just a second. I text Steven, I was like, listen, I'm. it's 20 to 7. The game ain't over. I said that first. I said the game ain't over, but it's hard for me to believe that Alabama, Alabama's offense can score this much on Tennessee for the rest of the game. Right. Lo and behold, you come out of the second half. Um, one play, Jason McClellan just gashed the defense. You can tell they sent Aaron Beasley on a Mike Blitz on the weak side. He got there in the wrong gap. Yeah. Jace hits a hole, breaks for about 27 there. And then the very next play, is the oblivious hold on Tyler Barron. I, I, that's the only thing that I might complain about is <laughs> how in the world, and I'm going to bring Steven on here in just a second and ask this same exact question. Right. How does one of the most penalized teams in the country have one penalty for five yards? Some home cooking. And you know what I have to remind myself? We still haven't deserved that yet. Like, we no. we had one good year. Like, this right. has been years and years of Alabama being who they are, and credits to them. But sure. I always have to say, like, we haven't earned that. We haven't earned it yet. And so no. it's like, can we continue to put enough together to where people feel like, all right, we're going to give them a little bit of that same treatment. Because at right. the end of the day, they they, like, Georgia's beatable. And let's say that Georgia and Alabama get to the chip. I really think Alabama can beat them. Like, I really yeah, do. And sure. what does that do? That gets that Alabama, it gets them back up in that conversation for the college football playoff. But the second half is still inexcusable. Let's bring on that man, Steven, man. Steven, what's happening, bro? How you, You're feeling great today on a Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel a lot better than I did the other, the other night. But I just – I still – it's a question mark because, I mean – I don't know what happened in the first half, and I also don't know what happened in the second half with Alabama. It's kind of bipolar, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely happy sitting here the, the day after. Um, you, you you know you you sit here and you think about just how the game started for Alabama. I think every fan in the stadium, I think every fan watching, was like, "Here we go again." And when you come out of halftime. And you score those, you score that touchdown quick. How fast the momentum changed to me was the story of the game. I think it was just two plays, a missed hold, touchdown right there. Uh, T Mac, Tamarian McDonald comes up on the route, slips. Isaiah Bond gets right behind him, touchdown. Two plays out of the half. You got to feel like, yo, the momentum just like. The air was sucked out of Tennessee the rest of the the rest of the night. Literally the rest of the night. Yeah, all it was. Hold on, I can't hear you. 
Lift it up. There you go. I can hear you a little bit better, I think. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's all it took was just those two plays. And we were right. Um, and then I also feel like that, you know, if y'all go up 28-7 at halftime, if you score two touchdowns instead of the two field goals, we're not going back. Because I've noticed with with Alabama, if we if the team gets up more than 14, we're, we're done. Yeah. And so we kind of had to fight there. We, we wanted to a little bit. What did you think about – you, you got to like what you saw from the running game for Alabama post-halftime. Post um, I think Tennessee had 132 on the ground. Alabama had 136. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's really even back and forth. Um, I want to make sure Tennessee had 133. Bama had 138. So you got to like Jace McClellan touched the ball 27 times and had 115, which that's a lot of carries. So 100 yards, you should probably get 100 when you get the ball that much. Um, 4.3 yards a carry, it's not bad at all. Um, and that run by him that I was talking about out of halftime, that was his longest run of the day at 29 yards. So um, you got to like – if you're Tennessee, you still got to like defensively what you were able to do. Um, I think the second half was, like I said, it was a momentum shift. And what happened is inexcusable. But at the same time, um, man, who got paid at halftime? I just need to know. I needed to know who got paid. I, like, I, I don't know what it was or what happened. Or we had a, you know, a flip switch. And, I mean, we got probably four calls that were either calls against y'all or calls like that holding. I mean, it was just we just took advantage. Y'all, y'all had no – you've got – you know, I think y'all had six drives and you couldn't put any points up. And I was just tailing it off and not 40 points after halftime. Brian didn't. It's not going to happen. I think for me, the biggest one is there were two drives that were completely blown from calls. Mm-hmm. This has never been a fair catch signal, ever. Like, people do this when the ball this is, is like going over their head. They're right. just like, ah. Like, and that's a go. signal. That's a signal for the team. Right. It's like, hey, y'all look at me. Like, we good. We ain't getting that. Right. Section eight of the NCAA rule book. Section eight. I really, I literally was like so interested and I went and looked. It literally says the, 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 uh, a signal for a fair catch is anything above the waist, above the head, when the hand is waved. Right. Y'all been doing this for how many years? Like, that's the stuff that I'm, that's the only thing for me. Like, that's a drive. It said any time that this happens, it doesn't matter where the player fields the football, it goes to the 25. Every time. Right. Every time. How do we go to the three? You start if to I'm, drive at the three? If I'm Josh Heifel, bro, 
I'm telling the whole team, do not go on the field until they put that ball at the 25-yard line. <laughs> that made me so mad, bro. I was screaming at the TV. Oh, my goodness, dude. Yeah, I had no – like, I even texted you when that happened. I was like, y'all got hosed on that. I don't – I've never seen that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Steven, this is the second I time. been that, yeah. This I is mean, the second time in – Two big games, my man. Listen, Florida on the road. The referee accidentally kicks the football on fourth and one. When he kicks the football, it becomes a dead ball. But what happens is he kicks the ball. We can't get the football. He gets the football. He walks his little happy self back to the football. Florida subs in their big man package. And they get a stop. This is a drive that's probably going to put this. That drive's going to put us within 10 points in that Florida football game. When we were struggling the whole night, we finally had some life. It was going to put some life back into Tennessee. And it was like, yo, we could have probably made a game out of it. Because that was like with 10 minutes in the third. Right. He kicks the football, allows Florida to sub. And we don't get the fourth down conversion. Meanwhile, fast forward to Alabama. Still, two fourth and one, two fourth and ones. Tennessee doesn't get. I'm at the point where it's like, just stop. We don't have Hendo. Like we don't have that speed that is just kind of Hendon. Like, bro, we can be in the shotgun with Hendon Hooker. Cause guess what? They gotta really, 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 really respect him. Right. Because Joe can run. We saw it. He ain't slow really either. But the agility needed to get that one yard. That acceleration that's needed to get that one yard and an and a read at that point, it's not the right, he's not the right guy for it. And no. I hate that we like Tennessee a year ago, fourth down was like the money down for us. Every time we went for it, I'm like, oh cool, cool, cool. For sure. We're three out of 13 this year on fourth down. Three of 13. It's time to hang it up, I think. It's like, just chill out. If it's fourth and one, let's play field position because guess what? That's the other reason, and I want to bring this up and hear your thoughts, Stephen. Why in the world, in minus territory for Tennessee, it, you got to be an Alabama fan has to be watching this like, this is amazing, but this is also pretty stupid. Because the momentum has shifted. Yeah. And we're trying to get it back by getting that one yard. I get it. Like, I see it from that way. I'm like, okay, I, I, I see what you're doing, coach. I really do. But you got to have a better play. <laughs> like, like yeah. right. you're not running it up the middle, bro. Like, yeah. and we were dominant, like 133 yards. Like, that's great on the ground against another great defensive line. But right. at the same time, you're not – everybody in the world knows what you're about to do. Right. You've got to – like, I, well, I agree with that call. If you don't execute, then all the momentum goes back to Alabama. And so it was just – it was one of those things that kind of reminded me of um, of uh, LSU last year when we played them and Brian Kelly went for two and won the game in overtime. And it's like – But the play was great. Yeah, but I mean – you know, you should middle for a yard. You know, you know what I mean. Like, I felt like Tennessee could have got that, and I was like, if I were a Tennessee fan, I'd be wanting to go for it. It's got a special, but for whatever reason, 
didn't happen. And, uh, you know, I'll go online and it didn't happen. So. My problem with it is, is we got what the second or third best defense in the SEC at that as of last night. But I think that that moved right down to, I think we're now yeah. fourth, which right. I got. Once you're in the top four, top five in the SEC, like you nasty. You really like right. that. So it don't matter. My thing is just trust your defense and get the ball out. Like I know we're playing for field position and it's Alabama, but if you get it, you're a genius. If you don't get it, you're the biggest dummy on earth. Yeah. So like why would you even risk it? Just send it off, play defense. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest part for me is that it was in minus territory. Like we're not plus right. side of the field. So in 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 a time in the game where you don't have a lot of momentum, that's the thing. That's the biggest thing for me. It's it wasn't the call. It was when it was called because minus territory both times inside the like high 30s, low 40s. You're giving Jalen Milrow a short field who has literally like he he did. He's not a world beater, but he does just enough. Every game, just enough, just enough. And sometimes all you need is just enough. And so that's going to win Alabama just enough games for the rest of the year by him being just enough. I'm telling you it is. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the thing. If y'all punt it and we y'all get it, you know, we get it inside the five, we're going to run three plays and then punt it right back. Because it happened in the fourth quarter when uh, Kool-Aid just let the ball roll down to the – you know, three or four yard line. Yeah. Couldn't do anything because they don't trust them to throw the ball down there. And so we would have, you know, I still had to lead. I think it was like 2017 at that time. So, you know, I mean, it, it could have slowed us down and we not score again right after that drive and, and you know, kind of shifted that momentum. Um, but it was just, I don't know. I agree with that play call, but it's like you got to execute. You got to have it. You know. Yeah. You, you know. I think the most the thing that wasn't talked about a lot was how, in my opinion, um, there was only only one of the passes that Kool Aid McKinstry defended was actually like he locked you up. The other ones were pass interference every single time. Caleb. Bro, bro, oh my gosh, how every time Tennessee guards somebody and don't look back for the ball, it's a it's a it's PI, bro. That call. every single time Kool Aid don't look back for the ball once he did one one time, it was great defense. I'm watching that pun, like, bro, that this dude's going to the NFL, he's going to the NFL anyways, yeah, but for sure, the other three times. He, he, you can see it, bro. I wish I had the clip. Oh, I wish I had the clip. He, you know exactly which one I'm talking about, Dylan. This oh, man, yeah. Caleb Webb, in the end zone, Joe Milton throws a dot right in the end zone. He pushes Caleb Webb out of bounds, first of all. The second thing was Kool-Aid didn't turn around for the ball. Joe puts it a little, a little bit further in front. He couldn't get to the ball. Kool-Aid turns around and smiles like, dang, they didn't call that? Like... He smiles he in knew. the camera. He knew. He knew he got away. And the coat type was like you lined up too far out. But yeah, it's he it just kind of pushed him out of bounds. Like 
if you're going to line have this wide of a split, I'm like, all right. That's what I'm saying. Keep in mind. Kool-Aid's like saving out there. He knows exactly where everything is on that field. Keep in mind while that. With it, so. Yeah. Keep in mind while that didn't get called, gave Judy's little bit of tug on Jermaine Burton on that out route, got called. And that ball was not catchable, bro. It was not at all, bro. If that if that is a hold, then it needs to be called every play on every single player, both sides. That was it. That just was, hurts. Yeah, but Stephen, I I want to get you kind of just like your final thoughts, man, about where Alabama can potentially go from this. Like, is the is this a building win? Like, is it is it the game that you thought like? the big win or is it the one that gets you over the hump? Like, what are you looking for now as you head into a bye week and then time for LSU? I I think it was a great second half. That was the best half we've played all year. Um, and so I think that's great to build on. I'm still a little confused. About the team. I think a bye week would, bye week would do us really well. But LSU's got that crazy offense. And so if we can shut them down and somehow put up more points, then I'll feel like a little bit of old Alabama and we can make a run. But we'll, we'll see. I'm still not. I have a sneaky suspicion. And I don't, I don't know if Alabama's offense is necessarily as, what's the word? Like, as bad as we think, the the explosive plays are there. At one point last night, Tennessee had two plays of 30 or more, and Alabama had six. You see what I'm saying? So, I think that Alabama's offense is built on the explosive plays, whereas in the last few years, I felt like Bryce last year, it was built on the explosive plays, but Bryce wasn't, like, throwing it 50 yards down the field. It was like, let me get a 20-yard dig and let my guys just go to work. It was like, that's, up, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't really, like, launching the football. And where Milrow just has arm strength out of this world and the intermediate game, surprisingly, he did well in the intermediate game last night. And um, you just kind of – you look at Alabama, and I think that that Alabama and LSU matchup could look a lot like Tennessee did last year. I think it's who, who has the ball last and who can score the most. To be honest, because LSU's defense is terrible, yeah. terrible, and I and I think that's probably what what's going to happen. It'll be a shootout, and you know, hopefully, our defense can with them because they probably got the best offense in the SEC, and one of the best in the country. And you know, if, if we can hang with LSU and, and shut them down just enough, we're not going to shut them out. But yeah, if we can, you know play well enough, then that'll probably be the best offense we see all year. I agree with that. I I think it's going to be. I mean, goodness gracious, I feel like Jaden Daniels is playing crazy. Um, Receivers are playing great. They can now – you're now starting to see them run the football more, which is weird, but it's a weird offense, and they're they're doing good things, but I still think Alabama at home. And then then you got Reese, so he knows exactly what Brian Kelly's going to call Oh yeah. That's, oh, I that's, mean, he could look at the formations and tell you what's happening. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of Saban's signature things is he's going to hire coaches of teams that we're about to play. So I don't know. We might go out there and beat them. We've Who? done it before. 
Who knows? You could. I doubt it. Steven, bro, as always, man, love it when you come on. I hate it that it had to be this way. I, if it was closer, I probably wouldn't be as mad, to be honest. But, um, oh, we'll talk about that, Alpha Man, in just a second. I'll bring that up in just a second. Um, but uh, basketball season's on the way, bro. We'll be bringing you right back on to see what the Crimson Tide do this year, basketball on the court. Um, but until then, bro, we'll still be texting almost every weekend about what the heck's going on in college football. So sounds good. My Thank brother. You. Peace, bro. That is my man Stephen Colley. Always love when he joins the show. Always love his opinion. I love how transparent and I always love how he he sees, but like I, I enjoy people who don't just watch football and they're like my team won. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, I like yeah. people who like, man, dude, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I ain't never seen sure. that. Where was the fair catch? You know, it's like, right. man, what in the world? But I want to bring this comment up right here because I think we might sit here for a second. Alpha Man says, what up with number one wide receiver? I believe you're talking about Dante Thornton. Um, Man. I hesitate to say this, but I think that we put a little bit too much hype on Dante Thornton. And not that he's not going to be good in this offense because he has the size, the speed, everything that Josh Heupel desires in the offense. Dante Thornton is, right? For it's sure. kind of like the Joe Milton situation. The, the size, the speed, the arm. He's that everything that he's everything that you want. That's spot on. But it just I think with Dante's case, as we saw with Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt's sophomore year, Josh Heupel's year one, Hyatt had a horrible year. No, he couldn't understand good. the offense. He didn't know what was really going on. He struggled, <laughs> dropped football. Everybody's like, mm -hmm. man, get Jalen Hyatt out of there. But it all clicked in year two. And so I'm hoping that year two for Dante Thornton is vastly different because he don't have to think as much anymore. Right. I think my idea of it is kind of like Ramel Keaton's situation. Like he's just a little bit anxious because he's from the Pac-12. He don't know what 101,000 sounds like. No. So he comes in to Neyland and he hears all these people screaming and yelling. I think he just – he gets a little anxious, and I don't think it's a Joe Milton thing because he dropped a wide-open hitch route from Nico, too. Yeah, so I don't yeah. Know. What, what game was that? UTSA? UTSA, yeah. Yeah, yep. I don't know what it is. At least Ramel Keaton figured it out. So, Bro, I was happy to see that. <laughs> he did have a crucial drop, man, on that yeah. one drive. We were driving, too, man. We were, yeah. we were really driving – the momentum felt like it was shifting back, and then you had that drop on second and long, and it became third and long. And that is just not a good place to be when you are fighting to stay ahead at the time. Because what that was when it was 20 to 17, I think. Yeah, I think so. And it just hurt. It hurt, man. When, when he dropped that ball, a, something inside of me was like, I think, I think, that, I think that's it. Yeah, probably, I, it, man. It hurt. 
Um, yeah. Dylan, let me ask you this, bro. Where does Tennessee go from here? Like, I think that it's safe to say that the SEC championship is is not happening. Um, it's not. Georgia has to lose twice, and I just don't mm. see that happening. Not going to happen. Unless they drop and, one to Ole Miss and us, it ain't happening. And so I guess the question is, what's next like what does this team play for now is it you're trying now to get your seniors more clock so that you can continue to build a program and show that you can get guys to the league does nico see significant snaps here late if joe does actually start to struggle what are you thinking here i think we take this one week at a time i feel like kentucky it's a very one-dimensional team. You shut down the run, they're gonna—they might not score a point. So I feel like that's an easy win. Missouri is a weird one, man. I don't know I don't how to like feel that about game. that. I don't, I don't like either. That game. I think I if we think beat them, like... go ahead. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think if we beat Bama, Missouri immediately becomes a huge trap game. But since we didn't beat them, I feel like we're playing week to week now. I think that we do go down there and take care of business, but it's going to be loud and it's going to be reckless. And we all know how we play on the road. So we've got, I mean, man, to think about it this way, you've only got, you got three more home games, but it's, it's UConn. You got a big game in Georgia and you got a a really bad team in Vanderbilt. And so two of those, you know, you're winning. Um, Right. We've not struggled in Kentucky. We've not struggled at Kroger field. Heck Tennessee didn't really struggle last night. Until uh, the second half. And so the Missouri game to me, I explained it this way. The Missouri game feels a lot like South Carolina 2022. Very much. It's just in a weird place in the season. Missouri's like sneaky, not bad. Like I know that their record is what? Six and one, five and one, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Four of their five wins are against absolute doo-doo teams, okay? Not good. Doo-doo teams. So, you got to sit here and say, how good are they? Really? And can can Tennessee go down there and do what they did in 2021 and, and really beat them down and remind them that they're still Missouri? Right. I think another thing that plays a part in it is they played us really good in the first half of last year. Yes. At the same time. I think that's when we were coming off the Georgia loss, though. So that might have had something to do with it because we turned it on in the second half. Yes, we but did. I don't know, man. It hurts, bro. Like, it's it's it really does. that. It hurts, man, because you just know that – you know that that game is two or three plays. Really, two or three calls – two or three plays away from being a completely different game and you really can't do anything about it because no. still Tennessee still just didn't play well. I mean, the biggest thing for me that I have trouble with is Alabama came into this game being one of the most penalized teams in the entire country. And they had one penalty on a false start. <laughs> For five yards. Like, bro, 
And it was pre-snap, so they couldn't bail him out. They couldn't bail him out. It was just like... Mm -hmm. That, to me, was the thing that probably frustrated and and killed my just the way I was one the way I watched the rest of that game that specific just sequence we got two false starts Omar Norman Lott both times on defense in uh, offsides and then they pushed him back because they jumped off uh, uh they false started and then you you just don't do anything with it when you get the football back later in that drive and it's just kind of like people don't understand how how much momentum plays into different scenarios in a game. And last night was a momentum shift shift. Like and like that's if you're talking about a momentum shift, that was it. What we saw last night, that was it. It was it was unbelievable. And I've just never been a part of something like that. Never. Not at that level. It was bad. Let's see what's going on in the chat right now, man. We got the boy Aaron Duck. Maybe letting some freshmen get some run. I mean, quite possible, Aaron. Quite possible. Um, Alpha Man, he says that he's with me. We can beat Missouri. I think we all know that we can beat Missouri. Will we beat Missouri is the greatest question. I, 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 nobody's worried about if you can. I think we all know that we can beat Missouri. Plank, I mean, point blank, period. We can beat Missouri. But it's, it's, it's more about will we? Can Tennessee get over the hump, man? Can we win one on the road? We haven't won a road game since last year at Ole Miss, team. Don't count the Virginia game. Don't count um don't count uh Vanderbilt last year. That don't count. That's a home game for Tennessee. Y- you know what I mean? We've got to We've got to kind of snap and clear after this Alabama, this Alabama loss, and understand that Kentucky just is coming off of a bye week, and we got an opportunity to to go to Kroger Field and not only beat them but beat them down. And so, just excited, just really excited to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. Really, this week heading into UConn and then heading into Missouri. These are three. This is this stretch here is important for Tennessee as far as where they want to stand at the end of 2023. Um, it's Kentucky week, though. We snap and clear. It's all about Kentucky. We will be back live tomorrow night, 715 Central, 815 Eastern, talking all about the Kentucky Wildcats. Who are they? Do we care? Nope. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, the boy turn will be back with us. And, uh, man, I, I'm just excited for this week. It's, it's time to snap and clear. Game's over. Let's see what the heck we can do, man, with this week. It's time to just focus on this week, get past it, and continue to see what the, what's the limit and what's the sky for, like, what's the ceiling for this 2023 football team. We love y'all, man. Thank you for the love and support. For my dog, Dylan, who is not with me now, there he is. Um, 
I'm gonna bring him back. There he is. What's up, dude? <laughs> my bad. My service dropped, bro. <laughs> you good? I got this McDonald's Wi-Fi cooking, bro. Hey, McDonald's Wi-Fi is real, bro. I was literally <laughs> just telling the man that we just gonna start talking Kentucky tomorrow. So I appreciate you for hopping on with me, man, and, and kind of holding the show down in turns absence we got to do this more often we got to get some more folks up in here man and get them on the for show sure. it's fun fun chopping it up but tomorrow we'll be live man for the ne- uh for the uh who is kentucky we know who they are they're going to try to run the football but we're going to dive into the the in- the nitty-gritty about it uh nc state transfer david devin leary has been extremely underwhelming for kentucky Trash. we can't we can't let that can we can't let that click and so uh, we'll be back tomorrow, man, 715 Central, 815 Eastern, uh, live right here only on YouTube. Facebook people, we love you, but we will only be live on YouTube. So head over to YouTube, watch that show tomorrow night. We'll be live, and then we'll be back on Wednesday for the midweek chat, and then Friday for the one more day episode. For my man, Dylan, man, it's, y'all's boy, it's your boy, Ruck in the Building. And you already know what it is, man. It's straight up Tennessee, baby. We'll see you back tomorrow night. B-O-L. Go, balls, go. We'll see you back tomorrow night, man, for the Who Is Kentucky game.